Hi everybody, it's Victor. This week we're talking about VR development and we'll be right back after this. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hey, everybody, it's Victor, and this week we are here with Danny Buchanan. We're talking about VR development. Um, Danny, we had you in here before, but today you actually have some gear that you, you know we're going to look at. So we talked about what does it take to produce VR stuff. Uh, well, well, actually, last time we talked a little bit more about the consumption side of things, and we, I had the little cardboard thing. And what's amazing is that, it, you know, you may ask, what the heck does VR have to do with anything? And I know that I was sort of like, I think I was a little skeptical at first, um, but I think everybody now knows what VR is and what it's doing. And the the thing about the cardboard is that people say, well, you know, you've got to have all this equipment and whatnot. It's like, yeah, no, you've got to have this. You've got to have a smartphone, you know, and with the cardboard thing, you just drop it in and it goes right here and it's fairly comfortable. Uh, they're going to have, look, they're going to have those on Toys R Us shelves, you know, in a few months. I mean, really, like something that you just drop in an iPod Touch or whatever. I mean, look, this is an iPod Touch and you can get them used for like uh, 150 bucks now, you know, and that'll run VR stuff. So they've, instead of having to worry about making specialized equipment for consuming stuff, they've now made it so that it's pretty easy to consume VR content and, and fairly cheap. That's the key. But if you want to make VR content, it is not as easy as just taking your smartphone and, and doing this kind of thing like that. You can't just like wiggle it around and not take yet. video. Yeah, not yet. Maybe someday. Um, so tell us a little bit about the sort of pipeline that you're working on in terms of how do you guys create VR content? Okay, cool. Well, thanks, Victor. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to be able to speak to you again. And, um, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I wanted to just mention the fact that uh, since we've last talked, we have developed uh, two curriculum on Udemy in 360 video production and VR application development. Excellent. So in my mind, the problem with VR is that there's not enough content, right. right? So this field is still so new that there is not enough content for uh, enthusiasts and early adopters to consume. So there's multiple, like you said, there's multiple easy to use and accessible platforms that exist that people can get a hold of using equipment they've already got. Yeah. But my whole problem is how can we get people making more content? Right. So Vardnet I formed a developers community with an attempt to get people to do that. Started running into issues with people not necessarily knowing how to do some basic things. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I want more content creators, not just so there's more content creators, but so there's more content right. that I can consume. And, and this, I is want. True, this is true of a lot of new mediums. If you look at uh, television, right? I mean, the Dumont network, the, the joke is now, that what they were putting on TV in the early days of TV was really boring. It was it was radio shows, and you just basically they'd set up a camera and they'd show the guy conducting an orchestra or whatever. It was super boring. When cable started expanding channels, again you had like a need to fill those channels with something. That's part of the reason why here in Knoxville we have scripts is because the guy who founded script or not scripts but uh, Cinetel, which they bought. Ross Bagwell saw that there's all of a sudden you've got more channels, you're going to have more need for content. And then, of course, when the web exploded, and I remember some of the early pioneers of web content like Den and Sudo, 
they were doing streaming back in 1999, if you can believe that. And I've even, I even found on an old hard drive, one of the old shows that they produced, it was terrible. By today's standards on YouTube, it would be mocked mercilessly. <laughs> but, and it was also like the video was that big because in 99, that's the best you can, you know, Real Player G2 was still popular back then. Um, so where we are right now, I feel like with the technology, I feel like we're further ahead than we were, you know, with web content in 99. If you look at the stuff that's being produced, it's unbelievable. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, is. Not just the You're software, right. but the video content that's <clears throat> being created. Um, and I think that's because we're savvier now, right, as consumers, you know, with YouTube and with smartphones and, and immersive stuff. Well, if anybody's played the Star Wars, one of my favorite stupid games where you have to move your iPhone around is the Star Wars. It's a shooter where it uses the camera and it overlays nice. like a that Millennium like Falcon thing where you're yeah, flying the awesome. Falcon and shooting. That's goofy. Well, yeah, it's goofy, but it, it shows you just sort of like how much stuff is going on in your phone. So let's talk about the production side. Okay. We want to create so content. So in my, in my opinion, there's like two ways you can go at developing content. You can either like create your own sort of computer-generated environments right. that you can kind of move around and interact with. And you can also capture video or photography um, and which you can watch with 360 right. uh, with the uh, Oculus Rift or with the Google Cardboard. So those, in my mind, are sort of the divider between entertainment and commercial application. Gotcha. Because if you're going for a computer generated, that may make sense in gaming, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And in maybe in watching uh, some kind of animated films, right? Or like uh, a simulation. Simulations. Yeah. So yes, of course, in a simulation environment, that'll also make sense. But here's the thing: if you can capture 360 video, you're essentially capturing an experience at right. a point in time. So it's like now you have a, a shot of reality at that moment. Yeah. So you can do your same training that you would do. However, you can just have real visual cues. Yeah. So perhaps if you're doing forklift training, you can actually be in the warehouse, mm -hmm. actually be on the forklift and get what that's going to look like with the real equipment in front of you. Well, I remember so, uh, one of the things that when QuickTime VR was the deal, you know, back in the day, and this is probably 2000, uh, I remember one of the demos that they were talking about Apple actually had on their on their website was QuickTime VR of fire escapes in Boston. And they were going through and they were taking photographs basically. And, you know, just they would take a bunch of photographs, stitch them together in their VR software. But the thing was, was that the firemen could go through and visibly see what the fire escapes looked like. Yeah. Because if, if you're in a fire and there's smoke, you need to be able to, you, you can't just suss out your surroundings while you're there. You need to see that in advance and kind of have a mental map yeah. of what it's like. Um, with VR now, you can just go in there. So show us the thing you've got. With this thing, you'd be able to go in there and be like, boom, there you go, and take video. And then they could go and they could simulate actually going through the whole thing and just be looking around as they normally would instead of a mouse and, and this kind of thing. So it makes it more natural. Right? So, yeah, that's the thing. And so in my mind, one of the natural applications <clears throat> is training. Yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> Sort of the applications I've seen are the quarterback training. So I've had right. some work with the University of Tennessee mm -hmm. recently up and then set up a 360-degree VR quarterback training system. Awesome system. And essentially what we did was set up a 360 camera rig, capture that. And this is the camera rig, by the way, that we used. A bunch of GoPros. Six GoPros in a cubic formation. And each one is set to a 4 by 3 ratio. But those are all stitched later on in some software. And uh, you can stitch that all together and watch it 
through VR helmet and it's like you were there. So if we record this now, it would be like your head was right there. Right. And you could look around in all directions uh, in front of you, behind you. It's a really, really cool way to view um, video. Now, let, let me ask you this. The software that's used to stitch the things together, is that provided by uh, like one company? Is, is you know Facebook obviously has Oculus and it has, but is this like a different workflow? Or there, is there sort of like a QuickTime VR type tool that lets you put those things together? Um, well, there's a couple of stitching solutions out there I'm aware of. PTGUI is free. It's okay. open source. Open so source. there's a good one. All it's like source. it's like Blender, okay? Right. So it's like, here's everything you can do. It's not it's not user-friendly. It's right. like yeah. probably the a command line. Done yeah, by committee. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's still a good tool, and there's a lot of good resources for that out there. The two main commercial options are Color Auto Pano and Video Stitch. Of those two, I prefer Color Auto Pano. I really like Color Auto Pano. Color is a great company, K-O-L-O-R. Ah, yes. Those okay. guys are moving and shaking. They just got acquired by GoPro. Wow, okay. So, and, yeah, they're and a those French are GoPro company. cameras, so, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Again, I noticed that Google chose the GoPro, but you, you were saying that when you were first doing this, it's not as easy as just turning on a bunch of cameras than going out there. So it's not like... If you own a GoPro, you're just like, oh, this is easy. I'm just going to mm -hmm. stick them together and go out there and start shooting some video, right? No, that's There's right. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, this is still a very early stage kind of thing. I mean, I noticed those were 3D printed. The boxes, the the, the casing that the GoPros are inside, those are all 3D printed. Yeah. So this is very early, early stage <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that rig is most definitely... 3D printed, and there's nicer rigs out there. We've already come across some shortcomings in that rig mm -hmm. as far as parallax issues go. Right. So, like the the screw housing, like it lifts the camera so the camera's not flush anymore on that cube. Right. So it's, we were almost thinking, you know what? Let's just use double sided tape and attach attach it to like a Rubik's cube. Right. Let's right. do that. Right. And then we just start them all up that way. But they really need to be on a flat surface pointing out, or you get yeah. off. You don't have gotcha. uh, yeah, enough yeah. coverage. So you can stitch, but you can't do magic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can't create. It's not like Star Trek where you can actually recreate pixels that were never recorded to begin with. Right? Not yet. We're working on that. <laughs> we're working on that. So then there's AR applications, of, of course, with that as well. Because if you're talking about a 360 video, you could overlay that with something interesting. Well, and I can imagine with the quarterback training, you know, if uh, do you remember the CyberVision tapes back in the <laughs> 80s? Oh, my gosh. These are so funny because what they would do is like, let's say, you know, you've got a throw like that. So it would show a video of the throw, and then it would have like a animated line drawing showing the optimal, you know, yeah. what your bones basically are doing. So this reminds me of that, where you could show, and the actual guy can like look over and see this video of someone throwing, but then they can have say, okay, well here he's doing this with his wrist, or he's doing this, and you know, really annotate essentially the video. Right? So in my mind, one of the best ways you learn is through visualization, yeah. right? They talk about visualization. If you can see yourself doing the thing right, right? If you can imagine and just see what's that perfect throw look like. Well, if you're doing it in VR, you don't have to imagine. Right. You can just see yourself throwing that yep. perfect throw over and over again. So how cool is that? Yeah. They say the IEEE has a study that says there's a 90% retention rate on VR training. Wow. So much higher than even watching a video, even yeah. watching somebody doing it. It's almost like you're doing it yourself. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of advantages to VR training, and I think that's going to be a huge field, Absolutely. a huge commercial application. Yeah. We all want to play games with this stuff, but at the same time, like I want there to be some commercial application to make us better humans. And, and you know, if you think about it, okay, so there's NASCAR, right? People race cars. That's, that's a sport, and that's a thing. Many, many, many more people drive cars for work. 
Right. Right. So the business application, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I was a little, uh, whatever, uh, about VR because I'm like, okay, people are going to sit around their homes, five, six people, you're not gonna have 10 people over your house and everybody's going to strap something on their face and do this all night. But in business, and we're talking about a huge market here, you know, this has enormous applications, uh, and an enormous amount of potential. So, uh, that's really cool. But it does sound like what's interesting here and, and interesting for developers, I think, is that many of the game tools that are out there right now, like Unity, Unreal and whatnot, it's fairly simple to create stuff for this because you're already creating a 3D world. It's already got the bounding box, so to speak, of that 3D space. Um, so there's a big opportunity, I think, for developers in that space because we talked about simulations. And I mean, if you can get inside a nuclear tower in a way that no right. human actually could you know it's like an endoscope basically inside a cooling tower you know you could do that you could be ant-man basically and shrink yeah. down and be inside Most of the brain or whatever yes you could um, that's and, a good call yeah well, i guess if you had the rig we've got here you shrink that down small enough now another trick is live video feed okay codec. so there are some solutions that exist for that but that's real sketchy like yeah. that's the cutting edge of this field and that's what google's working on too mm -hmm. to get that their live. project odyssey that odyssey wow. project which is with gopro it's the 16 gopro rig but yeah. here's the whole thing is if you can get a live stitch of all of that video in together once and then feed that out to the world how cool would that be Absolutely. samsung has also got a project i think it's called project beyond i mm -hmm. think is what they're calling it and it's just this idea that you could take an experience of a place and share that with people everywhere talk about right. periscope or yeah. uh you know twitter or um you know anything instagram like that's just a, an attempt to share a reality right? right how else could you share a reality better than with the 360 Absolutely. video so what we're going to see in the future is if you guys remember the pith helmets they used to have a little fan on them what we're going to have is like a helmet that's going to have a ring of little camera <laughs> sensors on it and as you walk around it'll just live stream you know it'll be justin tv 2.0 that's right uh, yeah this is what my day is like yeah come come half my day you with basically me. get inside that person's head uh, I'm waiting to see that. I'm waiting to see like a headband that has all the sensors on it. So, you so that see. seems like something celebrity fodder, you know? What oh, I mean? sure. Like yeah. They would love that <laughs> all day long. Um, well, everyone could also be paparazzi, right? So if you're just walking right. around the Grove uh, in LA, then you could just wear your headband and, you know, somebody walks by. You don't even have to look. You just be like, somebody and then you can use your annotation tool it also has like so it's just so many applications there really are there really yeah. are we just scratched the surface but mm -hmm. uh we are already out of time unfortunately so um so you guys uh vardnet and how can people find you guys online uh vardnet follow me at vardnet uh at agility at unreal virtual unreal okay. virtual is my vr startup that is getting off the ground we are focusing on the vr applications my udemy courses are a good way to get involved so udemy if you go in there and look for 360 video and for oculus rift development there's yeah. two good courses on there yeah and we'll actually uh i, I know some people at udemy uh we'll we'll do a, a a whole show on Udemy later on, because that's a great resource for developers. You know, there's so many courses on a lot of different things, but there's, mm -hmm. it's very tech centric. And so there's a lot of great stuff for developers on there as well. If you want to learn some new, learn some new tricks and we'll definitely be looking at that uh, and see if they have any of the sort of uh, networking things like Erlang. I don't know if you've heard of Erlang, that's mm -hmm. Ericsson's language and, you know, a lot of other stuff. So we'll check out Udemy and uh, Daniel, thanks again for being Thank on the show, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys, uh, that is it for this week on Coders. We will be back next Friday at 11 and join us then. Thanks. Coders is a production of RCR TV News. 
To reach Victor Agreta Jr. or to suggest a show topic for coders, you can reach him on Twitter at SuperPixels. For all the latest news on wireless code and the whole world of wireless, check out rcrwireless.com.